Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Second Corinthians 12 and 7. We normally stand for the reading of the Word, but today I just want you to stay there. And wherever I'm at, I want you to keep your Bibles open to that, even if I preach for a while in between Scriptures. Second Corinthians 12 and 7. Before I read these Scriptures, I do want to say... Welcome to Life Church. If you're here on uh, for the first time as a first time visitor, make sure you stop by and uh, the the welcoming center so we can get acquainted with you. Amen. But we love you and we want you to make yourself at home today. Paul said, "And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there has been given to me a thorn in the flesh." This is such a powerful concept. Paul said, I have gotten so close to God and he has given me so much revelation. The only safety net is a weakness. Are you following me? You got to catch this for where we're going. Amen. I hear a lot of people say, well, God gave me a thorn. Well, when you tell me God gave you a thorn, you're telling me that you're walking so close to Jesus, you're breathing the same air he's breathing. Are you following me? Uh, So he said, because of the abundance of the revelation I have of the Christ, there's been a thorn put in my flesh, and it was designed was to keep me humble. He said, a thorn was given uh, in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Are y'all following me? For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that this thing would get off me. I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And God said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I do want to, and this is exegetical preaching this morning, if you will, just describing scripture. So if I may take my time and you're taking notes, uh, This is the only place that grace is defined by the word of God. We all have our definitions. And the most popular definition of grace is unmerited favor. I, I concur that grace is unmerited favor. But this is the only biblical scriptural definition uh, uh, outside of insinuation that you're going to get from God of what grace really means. He said, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So God is saying, my grace translates as my strength. So from now on, I want you to expand your boundaries on defining grace. Amen. Thank God for his unmerited favor. But when you talk about grace, you're talking about everything that God is made available to you. God, that helps me. That's what grace is. It's his strength, his power, his glory. Somebody say glory. It's his ability, his provisions, the grace. The grace of God is the person of God made available to you. So he says, my grace is enough. It's sufficient for my strength. My grace can't even be manifested until you find yourself in a weak spot. Now Paul's prayer changed from a discouraged God why you're not answering my prayer to a most profound statement where he says most gladly therefore in other words based on what the father just told me now I will rather 
I will rather, instead of feeling sorry for my circumstances, I will, on the other hand, I'm going to give God glory for my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. It's not your strengths God's pulled to, it's your weakness. Oh, let me try this side over here. Amen. We like to put our resume out there of all the stuff we're good at. Amen. But none of the stuff you're good at attracts the grace of God into your life. It's the stuff you ain't good at that attracts the grace of God in your life. It's the abilities that you don't have that attracts the grace of God in your life. And all of a sudden, Paul understood this. He said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So this is a word for somebody right now, amen, that you need to quit feeling sorry for yourself because of this weakness in your life and say, oh, my Jesus, this is a platform for grace to stay in my life and strengthen me in this area and when it's God there's no room for glory maybe that is your thorn to a certain degree are you following me amen exegetical preaching this morning <clears throat> most gladly therefore will I glory in my infirmities that the and infirmities there translates if you're taking notes that don't just mean sickness the word infirmities here means weakness It means frailty. It means inability physically and morally. That's important. It's my weakness physically and morally. In other words, I am too morally weak to be moral. Oh, somebody needs to catch that. I'm too morally weak to be perfect. I'm too morally weak to be righteous. So in my... Moral weakness, his strength shows up and helps me be perfect. I don't know if y'all catching this or not. And then all of a sudden, uh, while I'm walking in the perfection of the spirit, there's no room for pride because in the back of my Oh, somebody ought to help me. In the back of my mind saying, but you don't know me. You may applaud me and you may pat me on the back, but you don't know how morally weak I am. The strength I'm walking in is the grace of an almighty God. Huh? Amen. So you can preach a gospel if you want to, that you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, and we all sin every day. Or you can join up with Paul and say, I glory in my weakness because I'm going to experience the strength of God today. So now, I'm glorying in my infirmities. Why? Because it's the only place that the power of Christ can rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. Boy, Paul takes it to the next level. Therefore, I take pleasure in my weaknesses. I take pleasure in my infirmities. I take pleasure in my physical inabilities and moral inabilities. He said, I take pleasure in reproaches, in necessities. That's things I need, not things I want. That's food, y'all. That's water, y'all. Are you following me? I I take pleasure when I'm doing without. I don't know if y'all can receive this this morning. I I take pleasure when I'm doing without because that's the only opportunity I have for experience the goodness of my God. American mindset is to do everything you can do to make sure you're not lacking anything. Oh, Taylor, you you just almost preached my sermon. In necessities, I take pleasure in persecutions. I take pleasure in distresses, opposition, trouble. 
For Christ's sake. For when I am weak. I like that other translation better. For when I am weak, he is made strong. In other words, my weakness grants me an opportunity to experience God's grace. Somebody tell your neighbor, it's all about the experience. You're going to be tired of hearing that word when I get through teaching today. It's all about the experience. This scripture says, my weaknesses gives me the privilege and the opportunity to experience the glory of my God, the grace of my God, the goodness of my God. Now turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 1. Uh, Nisha, we're just going to work through this and you just do what you do best because you are awesome. Five and one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I just get somebody right now just thank Jesus for peace? Huh? No, are you serious right now? Amen. Is that all I'm going to get? Do you realize how valuable peace is with God? Do you realize how miserable it is to be at odds with God? Have you been saved too long? Are y'all in this church with me this morning? This is not nothing to do with my sermon, but I can't get past the scripture every time I read it. Amen. That we have been justified by faith. I don't know why they got that justified paper out. Amen. A lot of us have been in the justified paper. I got an amen from over here. <laughs> I just love real people. And I don't know why it's called justified. <laughs> it ought to be criminalized, right? Huh? Help me, son. <laughs> amen. But justified, the best way for me to, 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 to define justified is to break it up into justified. So to be justified means just if I'd never committed the crime. Are you following me? Amen. It's just like when Christ gets through with you, it's just like you. I'm going to try this bunch over here. I got a cop over here. When God gets through, I don't care if you was a whoremonger. I don't care if you was a drug addict. I don't care if you was a molester. I don't care if you was a homosexual. I don't care if you were a pervert. I don't care if you was an adulteress. I don't care. Somebody give me some poison. What was you? Throw it out. Boy, y'all ain't saying nothing, amen. I, I don't care if you was a thief. I don't care what you was. When Christ comes in, amen, it's justified, never done it. Somebody needs to get this word right here because when the devil comes and tries to condemn you for your past, you can say, I never done it. I didn't never do it. I'm so clean. Ain't none of that left on me. Ain't none of that mindset in me. It's just like, Exegetical teaching, y'all pull me back. You're being justified. You were justified by faith because now 
I'm not separate from my father. Now I'm not an orphan, God. That was a song I remember you telling me that kind of got you into this thing. Amen. I'm not an orphan anymore. I'm at peace with God. Amen. I can't say I'm at peace with everybody I used to run around with, but you know what? That don't keep me up at night like not being at peace with God. I can lay down in the very bed of hell and sleep when I got peace with God. You hear me? They can throw you in the... I got to go. I got to get hung up. They can throw you in the inner prison being beaten beyond recognition. But if you got peace with God, you'll be singing at the midnight hour and God's... Hey! Amen. Reach over and shake your neighbor and tell me, you ought to try some of this. Huh? You probably sitting by the neighbor, you used to tell them try something else. Oh, 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 that was just too real for some of you, huh? You used to offer them what you was drinking, toking, smoking, poking, watching, amen. You know what we ought to do now? We ought to offer them some of the peace. Hey, let me give you, let me give you, let me. You know I'm telling the truth. I'm glad God sent me somebody honest over there to help me out. I'm going to just pull from you, all right? Therefore, being justified by faith, we now have peace with God. Oh, let's don't leave that last part out. It couldn't be possible without our Jesus. It couldn't be possible without our Jesus. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Give me another scripture. By whom also, somebody shout also. This is very important. By whom also, also is, is very important as far as I'm concerned. It's a, it's a, a copulative word. It's a... Uh, it's a cumulative word. Uh, copulative means, wait a minute, that's so grace that you're, I mean, that's so great you're right with God, but there's something else that, that copulates it. There's something else that couples with it. They, don't stop there. Don't stop there. There's, there's something that, this thing is accumulative. Amen. Thank God you're saved. Thank God you got peace with God. Thank God your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. But this scripture says, we also, by whom we also, that same Jesus, ain't he good? Ain't he good? That same Jesus by whom also we have access. Somebody shout access. But now, not only are we saved, we got access by faith into this grace. What is grace? Come on, you're supposed to be taking notes. What is grace? Thank you, thank you. Strength, God's character, God's person, everything that God is, his nature. Amen. So thank God not only am I saved, I now have access into this sphere of grace wherein I stand, wherein I can stand, wherein I'm able to stand. And while I'm in this place of grace, I can rejoice in hope. From where I'm standing, I can rejoice in expectation of seeing the glory of God. I'm standing in a place where I can rejoice, where I can have hope because I'm about to see the glory of God. Are y'all tying this together yet? If I'm not standing in a place of trouble, if I'm not standing in a place of tribulation, if I'm not standing in a place of weakness and inability, I'm not even in a place to see the glory of God. So this place ain't designed to take me under. It's designed to position me to see the glory of God. 
Oh, my God. We got to work this. Amen. So, so this scripture says, thank God we have peace with him. Thank God we're, we're, we're saved. But it insinuates that you can be justified and not glorified. Now, now that, that's going to shake your theology up. Because to be glorified means to walk in a state of glory, to walk in a state of integrity, to walk in a state of honor, to walk in a state of victory. Are y'all following me? So this scripture insinuates that I can be justified and still wander in the wilderness of defeat. Now y'all can't say nothing, but I'm talking to a lot of you. I didn't say you wasn't saved. I just said you was whooped. Are y'all following me? Jesus said, the word says, he made a way that I can have peace with God. And then through the same Jesus, I have access to a grace where I don't have to be a saved, whooped Christian. Oh, it's quiet in here. I have access to live into a place. The children of Israel were de delivered out of the bondage of Egypt. They were no more slaves. But they spent 40 years living in a defeated mindset because they could not access the grace of the promised land. The Holy Spirit showed me that so many Christians have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Name on the roll in some church somewhere. Faithful members to the house of God. Bible readers. Scripture quoters. Amen. But it never goes into a level to where we are accessing grace to make us dangerous to our enemy. So a uh, 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 Romans 5 and 2 established the fact that there is a realm. Somebody shout, there is a realm. This scripture says there is a realm. And, it, and, and the reason we know it because it says there's access to it. Okay? There is a realm. There is a region. There is a sphere of grace. Man, I got to make this clear. Are y'all with me? Let, let me put it like this. There's a land of grace just like there was a promised land. But just because you have come out of bondage don't mean you're in your promised land. Right? Scripture proves that. So there is a land of grace and it's a place of God's provisions. It's a place of his favor. It's a place of his strength. It's a place of his ability to overcome and to endure. And when you learn to access this place by faith, it's there that you personally experience the glory of God. I'm going to say that again. When you learn how, I need a sweat rag. When you learn how to access this place of grace, and it can only be accessed by faith. When you access this place, you're standing in a position to see the glory of God. Okay, let's go a little bit deeper. Now, this grace, this glory can only be seen in and through trouble. It can only be seen in tribulation. Stay with our scripture. We're going to go. It can only be seen in the weaknesses of your life. That this, the, the glory of God. See, we got the glory of God as some big cloud that makes us all feel good or something. 
But the glory of God is the manifestation of God in His power and His strength and His glory. And it's only manifested at the point of our need. Right? Your first need was salvation. So grace was manifested to you as a Savior. Can we go deeper? In other words, hear me now. You will never have the privilege, and I'm going to use that word emphatically. You will never have the privilege of a personal experience with God as your provider if you're never actually totally, totally without. Can I get a witness? Some of you know God as a provider theologically, but you do not know God as a provider experientially. Here's the difference. If I only know God as a provider theologically, I can only tell you my theology. But if I ever get to the place to where I ain't got nothing, I ain't preaching to everybody, but surely I'm preaching somebody in this place because me and my wife have been here. I didn't have nothing. Amen. And theology, amen, that I, I knew in my mind that the Bible says he was a provider. But when I got down to nothing and he became my provider, my the, oh, somebody help me, my theology turned into experience. So Paul said, I'm going to glorify God in my necessities because now I'm not just writing he's a provider. I can tell you I've experienced. I can tell you I've experienced he's a provider. Can I tell you, you may have a a healing theology and you may believe God is a healer by theology, but you'll never know. Somebody ought to help me right now. You'll never know, amen, that he's a healer until you experience healing and you can't experience healing if you've never been sick. Paul said, I'm glorying in it now. I'm glorying in it now. I'm glorying in it. Amen. This sickness is not depressing me. It's not discouraging me. I have been positioned to see the glory of my God. My God, is anybody in this building? I'm just standing in a position to get to know God because experience is the only thing that produces true hope. Oh, somebody ought to get this. If your hope, and, and y'all help me, not help me to get this right. Amen. Amen. Theology, amen. Hope has to have a foundation. We taught that last week. One of the foundations of hope is theology. All scripture was written that you may know you have eternal life. But if you never mix experience with theology, you have religion. All you have is religion. That's like, that's like going on a tour guide, going on a tour and needing a guide. And, and, and I picked you because you're going to be my tour guide because you done been there. You know where everything is. And we get on our trip and you say, hmm, I'm not sure. Maybe we should turn right. Here, let's get the map out. And I'm going to look at you and say, what? You're trying to teach me? You're trying to give me a tour of an area you don't even know? Oh, my God. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. I need somebody to teach me who has some experience under their belt. I need somebody to guide me who's already been there and done that. 
Oh, I don't know if y'all are getting this or not. Amen. But most of our churches are full of theology, but with no experience. We can teach on the gifts and never operate in the gifts. We, we teach on the nine gifts and never operate in the nine gifts. We teach them the nine fruit and never exercise the nine fruit because we don't stand in opposition exp- expecting to experience the glory. I tell you what leader I want. I want a leader with some scars. Amen. I, 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 I just want a leader with some scars. Jesus died, uh, rose on the third day, went to his disciples. They wasn't even sure he was the one. So as the Bible says, he said, here, look at this. Let me show you something. See that? Look at these scars. That's the proof I've been there, I've done that, and I made it back. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. True leadership is more than theology. It's an experience that I have been there. I was dead, but now I am alive forevermore. Are y'all with me in this place? Amen. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. Now I can preach it like I've never preached it before. He is a resurrection Savior. My God, are y'all getting this? Let me take you a little further. You'll you'll never know. You may have good theology, but you'll never know he's a way maker until you ain't got no way. Everything we fight against. Oh, brother, you got to help me out. You got to help me out. You got to help me out. Oh, there's a powerful testimony back here. I'm just dying to bust you out. Amen. You got to help me. And and, and we we don't know him as a way maker because I get in the bind and I'm running to here and I'm running to there and I'm running to this and I'm running to that and I'm pulling on other other resources and God is saying, you don't even understand. I want you to experience me. I want you to experience my glory. I want you to experience my grace in a way that you've never experienced it before. And here you are bailing out. Tell your neighbor, hang in there. Yeah, it's the only place where you can see the glory of your God. Mm. Are y'all getting this? Hang in there, Dean. So the only thing that grants us access into this realm of grace is faith. Okay, next scripture. Verse number three. Look at your Bible. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Some of you have different translations there, and the word patience there is endurance. It's strength of character. stick to That's what I call it. The ability to just stand. Just stand. He said that tribulation produces endurance. Verse number four. And endurance produces, somebody shout it with me. Experience. And experience produces hope. Listen to this, write this down. Experience is something personally encountered. Experience is something personally encountered, undergone, or lived through. Experience is something personally encountered, 
undergone or lived through, you went through it, not somebody else. That's experience. But, but you got to catch this. The, 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 the second definition of experience is experiment. Write that down. I'm going to show you something. Experiment. Experiment. Yeah, catch this. Experiment by definition. I'm burning. Experiment is a procedure undertaken for discovery. A procedure undertaken for discovery or to demonstrate a known fact. So in other words, experiments provide insight otherwise unknowable. Experiments provide insight otherwise unknowable. The glory of God can only be experienced by an experiment. The glory of God can only be experienced by an experiment. In other words, you will have to put God to the test to discover his strength. Now, some of you are going to have to roll this around in your theology because you've always been taught God tests us. But I'm going to show you another realm. You will always have to put God to the test in order to discover his strength. I hear some of these guys always talking about taking risk. Taking risk. Taking risk means you're experimenting. You're experimenting in a realm that is beyond what you know. You catching it? This is why a lot of people never has personal experiences of the glory of God. Because we're afraid to experiment. And, and at first, you may think that's a negative word. I had to wrestle with it in prayer for a long time. Amen. But it actually means to try, to put to the test. So the glory of God can only be experienced by an experiment. And you're going to have to put God to the test in order to discover his strength. Listen to me. Your scripture says hope is founded on an experience because hope is trust. And trust is built on an experience, not theology alone. Boy, that's rough, ain't it? Now, wait a minute. We got the Word of God. We got the Word of God. Yeah, but if the Word of God alone, standing alone, produces the hope that never disappoints, you would never be disappointed. But the very fact that we live in a lot of disappointment is the fact we have more theology than we have experience. And the reason we have more teaching than we have experience because we never experiment our theology. Wouldn't it be amazing if you left the building and started saying, let's experiment. This is really good teaching and preaching. What if it works? Oh, my God, this is just too much. What if it really will heal our marriage? You double What if it will really give me peace? What if that water really will hold me up if I just climb out the boat? What if I experiment what I just heard Jesus say? 
Oh, is anybody listening to me? But we're loaded with theology, and our own theology is becoming an enemy against us because the theology ain't working, and we don't know why. Well, the reason it ain't why... Reason it ain't whying, reason it ain't working is because, amen, we don't stand long enough to get a testimony. My God, my God. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Mm. So hope, biblical hope, is, is not a root, it's a fruit. Meaning it has to be attached to something. So now here's the second class that the first thing hope is attached to is theology. Now the second root that hope has to attach to is experience. Experiment. Because your Bible says theology without experiment is... That's Dean Love translation. Faith without... Theology without an experiment is dead religion. And we sat on pew saved, sanctified, and sick. Saved, sanctified, and, and depressed. Saved, sanctified, defeated. Y'all can't say nothing, but I'm going to preach. Save, sanctified, in debt. Save, sanctified, broke. Save, sanctified, messed up relationship. Save, sanctified. God said, there is a grace you can step into where my strength is made manifest. And in this place, you're going to see the glory of God. You can't see the glory if you don't get into place and take your stand. You'll never have the experience. And we got people with messed up marriages counseling people with marriage. Man, don't come here telling me about that. Go home, get your own house in order. My God, I'm preaching better than you shouting this morning. Hey, man, are you listening to me preaching all this stuff? Show me some people with some scars. I want to see something. Amen. Show, show me. Show me. Amen. I, I can read the same Bible. You can, I need you to have some theology that you experiment with, and when it works, now I got a testimony. But if I never experience my theology, I never have a testimony. My God, I need, I need some, I don't need somebody. Here's another thing I don't need. I, don't, I had somebody tell me one time, I still don't believe, I think they, they lied. Been married 40 years, ain't never had a fight. They thought that was supposed to encourage me. I got away from him. Brother, I ain't in the same league. You can't help me. Oh, my God. You can't help me. You ain't no good to me because I fight every day. It's hell around my house. I love my wife when I'm married. I don't know what happened. She turned into something else. Now I hate her. Now I want to kill her. I'm just at night. I'm just standing... Oh, my God, y'all think I'm over-exaggerating, but I just talked about somebody's marriage in here, amen. Some of you done took out more insurance. And it... <laughs> Stay with me now. Are you listening to me, amen? And, and if, if you knew, amen, some of you thought, God, I'm just going to kill her and just tell God she died. 
Amen. You listen to me. When my marriage is in that shape, I don't need some jack leg to tell me I've been married 50 years. We ain't never had a fight. I need somebody to roll up a sleeve and say, you see that scar? The devil thought he had us. Uh, amen. Our marriage was falling apart. I thought I'd double shot. But I'm telling you, I stood in the grace of God and I saw the glory of God. And now, is anybody in this place? No. what I need. Amen. Your drug addiction don't disqualify you from helping people. You can roll, look at this scar. Some of you probably still wearing real scars. Amen. I, I, I tell you, God sent this heathen here today to help me out. You listening to me? Uh, are you listening to me? He loves me. He knows I'm kidding. But I ain't kidding. He, move on. Are you listening to me? I need somebody to say, amen, I have been there. But guess what? That theology that preacher's preaching, it really does work. There There is a grace. There is a grace that you can stand in and see the glory of God. My God, me and you are an example. I know y'all could ever imagine that she would want to get rid of this. That was not a joke. She said, well, no, I know you can't imagine it, but I was a drunk. I was a no good husband. I was a no good daddy to that girl sitting right there. Amen. And she had her bags packed and called her daddy to come get her. The only reason she didn't get out is because he didn't want her either. You know, I never thought about that. That's, that's, that was divine download. Holy Spirit just revealed. And I thought it was the wisdom of her dad. He didn't want you either. You hear me? I'm here to tell you she was leaving me. She was leaving me. Her mind was made up. But let me tell you, I don't know. I wish we had the time, uh, the, the, the dates. It wasn't long. I made it to an altar. Christ saved me and her. Are you listening to me? I come to tell you, I know what a marital fight is all about. I got scars from it. But I also got a testimony. You can't have a testimony without a scar. But you can't have a testimony standing on the safety of the shore. And you can't have a testimony if you don't endure. That's the second part of my message. The, catch this. You ought to write this down. Theology is supposed to provoke an experiment. Kobe, you're pretty good at this. I think of you. You're always experimenting. Sometimes experiment fails, don't it? But you got experience from the experiment, right? True theology is supposed to provoke an experiment. We think we're supposed to come here, preacher, preach, and keep living where we were living. But he said, no, I'm giving you theology and doctrine so you can put an experiment with it, and then you can have an experience of how good I am. Are you following me? It's kind of like Sam's. Anybody shop at Sam's? I don't very often, but the only time I shop there is when, when I'm hungry and I don't have the, the money for lunch. <laughs> Look, it works, y'all. Go to Sam's. They always have taste tests. <laughs> Just take you several cows 
and different sunglasses. <laughs> you can eat that piece of sausage, walk around a little bit, change. I'm telling you, it's the promised land. It's divine by nature. Put you on another cap. <laughs> My wife's going to kill me. Walk up. Huh? You know why they give you taste test? Because they know if you ever experiment. If you ever taste it, they have so much confidence in their product, you ain't getting out of that store without buying in to what they got. Now it makes sense where God stood back and said, taste and see the glory of God. Oh, my God. Experiment and see the glory of God. Oh, is anybody listening to me? Oh, I hear him. I hear Malachi preaching right now. Prove me, says the Lord. Put me to the test. Prove me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven to you. Amen. He said, you ain't saw the glory because you ain't put me to the test. Oh, the Bible says thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Absolutely. But it does not say thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. Because to tempt means to provoke him to an evil act. And do you realize when you try to get God to bless you when you have not experimenting, you're tempting him to provoke an unholy act. Because he would be blessing you without merit. Oh, that, that, yeah. I ain't got time to fool with that, but that needs to be talked about. Amen? Huh? It don't say you shouldn't try the Lord. He said, try me. Prove me. I'm so sold on my character that if you'll just experiment, I got you. 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 If you're in this building and you ain't saved, I challenge you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I was a drunk, a dopehead, but when I tasted the Lord, I saw the glory of God come in my life. <laughs> Amen. And people think science is the enemy to faith. But can I tell you, science is the product of an experiment. Science is the product of an experiment. When they say, okay, it's a science, you can say it's been experimented, and boom, 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 this works. God wants you to have a faith that is a science. It's so scientifically proven that if I do this, this, and this, if I step into that place, if I trust him, it always produces the same results. It's a science. Huh? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire first. It's a science. It delivered them. Uh, Daniel went into the lion's den. It's a science. It's plumb scientific. It produced the same result. It produces the same results every time. I don't care if you're a drunk, a drug addict, a thief. When you accept Christ, same results every time. Oh, my God. You're just as free as... This is too much for me this morning. But listen, I got to get this part in here before I let you go. Somebody repeat after me. Theology is supposed to provoke an experiment. You can die and go to hell full of theology. But an experience will change your life. Mm, my God, you ought to tweet this stuff. Theology without experiment is dead religion. Let me tell you what, I don't know how many people's in this building right here today, but there is multitudes in the church across America that's loaded with theology 
names on the roll and have never experienced salvation. And when Jesus comes, they're going to stand and say, we, 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 we. Pastor loves my pastor. My name's on his roll. That's a lie. You name me on my roll. I ain't got one. I don't have a roll. The only roll that matters is in the Lamb's Book of Life roll. Are you following me? Because theology don't change you alone. But when you mix, experiment with what you know, it will always produce in your life. And hope will never disappoint you. God Almighty. But look, you got to get this. Your, your, your experiment, write this down, will bring life to your theology. Your, when you start experimenting your doctrine, it'll bring it alive. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Are you following me? If not, you're just a religious person. And religious persons are mean. They're nasty. Religious people are ugly. Religious people are rude. Why? Because you carry so much theology of good stuff that does not reflect my mindset or my action, and it makes me mean. God Almighty. It's theology without an experience. And religious people are good at judging you. They, they judge you hard. Because they've never experienced true salvation that brings grace with it. My God, this is too good. Theology says it's supposed to work. Experience says, you know it works. Matter of fact, just read this Bible. Just read me. Huh? Just, just look at me. Just look at you. Look at this knothead. Look at Jennifer. You know what? They wanted to kill Lazarus and Jesus when Lazarus never opened his mouth, but he got resurrected from the dead, and he was just a written epistle. Everywhere he walked, it was theology made manifest. Oh, my God. It was theology. It was the word made flesh and dwelling amongst us. And Lazarus didn't even have to open his mouth. All he had to do, Jennifer, was live free, walk free. Act for God, is anybody getting this? Amen. No wonder the Bible says we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and my experiences. As you know what helps me overcome this battle? Is the experience that I went through that last battle. And the same God that brought me through that Bible, experience produces. My experiences has got me excited about this giant I'm facing because I experienced a bear and I experienced a lion and I done experienced doctrine revealed. He was a giant bear and a giant lion. He's a giant giant. But I'm rejoicing in the hope of seeing the glory of God based on what I've experienced. I'm not standing on what somebody told me. I got some scars. Oh, my God. I'm not standing in expectation because some preacher said it. I'm standing here because I've been through enough hell to know he is able. 
My God, we got a church full of people without scars. Sissies. Powder puffs. That's what we are. We don't ever want to go through nothing. Paul said, I glory in it because I'm in position to see the glory of God. Oh, if you could just change your mindset. Pick up your bottom lip. Reach over and pick your neighbor's bottom lip up for him. Tell him, quit, quit, quit. Amen. God has positioned you to see his glory. Amen. He has privileged you with a calamity. He has privileged you with a not-headed husband. He has privileged you with a crazy wife. Somebody help me because it's in this tribulation uh, that's going to produce some character in me. God Almighty, are y'all able to get all this this morning? But look, this last point I got to get to. What are we going to do with sin? You can't experience the glory without a problem. That's writable. You can't experience healing without sickness. Do you know your God told the children of Israel, guys, this is going to go against your theology, but I'm going to let you go hungry. Because if I don't let you go hungry, you can't experience that I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to let your finances crash now. But I don't want you to freak out. I want you to endure. Because endurance, where's that scripture? Nisha, can you read my text from your computer? It's in there somewhere. Uh, Patience is endurance. Right, okay. Right there, you got it. Endurance produces experience. In other words, you'll never have the experience if you don't have any endurance. You bail out too quick. I just thought, I thought I'd be delivered by now. I thought I'd be healed by now. I thought this marriage would be okay by now. And God is saying endurance is building some character in you, number one. And it's positioned you to experience some glory. But you'll never have a testimony until you stand in the test. Mm. My God, are you with me? Are you with me? He said, you, 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 you're not standing. Listen to scripture. Moses said, stand still. They were at the Red Sea. Pharaoh was coming. He said, stand still and see the glory of God. Stand still and see the salvation of God. That word stand still don't mean. It means to stand firm and and do not be moved from your faith and your confidence. Catch this right here. It's good. Stand still and you'll see the glory of God. Catch this. And the enemies you see coming, you will never have to fight again. Some of us are still fighting enemies that should have already been defeated because we never... Some of us are still addicted because we didn't stand. Some of us, our relationship's not healed because we have never stood. Stand still in this realm of grace. And you will see the glory of God. But we'll stand for a second and then we fall and we depress and we mad and we calling him stupid and ugly. and Going back to old habits. He said, if you'll stand still right now, if you'll endure, 
you won't have to fight this battle first. God, that's somebody's word. If that's your word, you ought to be praising the Lord. Amen. If you'll take your stand now, if you don't, you're going to fight him tomorrow. You're going to fight him next week. You're going to fight him next year. And you're going to be saying, I don't understand theology. Your theology's right, but you haven't experienced it because you're not enduring. Shake your neighbor and tell him, stand still. Stand still. That's the first thing I had to teach Jennifer Bass. Jennifer Bass didn't know nothing but run, flight, fight and flight. I never would fight her. I'd just let her run. I'm scared of Jennifer. I'm telling you, she could whoop a grown man. I know it. Huh? She'd always just run, just run, just run until God brought her back here. Amen. I said, stand still. Amen. When cravings are plaguing, stand still. Why? Because you're now in a position and, and, and endurance is going to produce an experience. It's going to produce an experience. What kind of an experience? You're going to experience the glory of God, the goodness of God, and then it, that experience is going to produce hope. You're going to start standing there with a new Hey, and you're going to start telling everybody, I experienced my freedom. There's hope. So I close with this. Not right now, but <laughs> I just said that. I'm not closing. It's not even about you. He needs you to have an experience so you'll have something to share with someone who's still in Egypt. See, it ain't even about you. But we got a church full of folks that never had any experiences. Now, you can tell them how to do it. You're a tour guide, you're a tour guide that's never took the tour. You read the map. The map says, just kind of go up there and take a ride. You should be all right. You don't go with me. Oh, no, 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 I'm not going. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it'll work. God, that's good. It, it'll work. I'm sure it will. Kind of like that old boy that followed that tightrope <laughs> walker around. Did you ever hear that one? I mean, he was so amazed. Just He followed him all over the country. He would go and get people, come watch, come watch. This guy is good. He's good. He, he, I ain't never seen nobody. He ain't got no fear. And boy, he had watched him. He watched him. Well, finally, the guy said, you know what? I'm going to walk tightrope across the Grand Canyon. His little, his little family said, oh, my God, this is going to be good. He, he got all the crowd together and said, I'm telling you, I believe in this guy. He is good. So he's got that tightrope across there. And, He's standing there about to take his trip. He turned around, looked to his number one fan, said, Do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes, sir. You can do it. Go get him. He reaches over and grabs a wheelbarrow, brings it over and puts it on the tight wire and says, Get in. God, I'm preaching 100 miles an hour. You preaching stuff. You won't even try. Looky there. I, I told a joke that made Bill Spangler laugh. Now, son, that's a good one. When you can get him to laugh out loud, are y'all following me? It's all good stuff when you're sitting on these pews. But God is saying, 
get in a wheelbarrow. Taylor preached it a while ago. That's when you give up all your trust is completely in him. So my question to you is, do you have more theology than you do experience? Because once you start tasting and experiencing the goodness and the glory of God, it starts producing a hope and a confident expectation that I experienced God in the midst of that storm. So now I'm rejoicing in the hope. Was that my second scripture? Find that one. Uh, what's the first three say? Let me find it. Anybody got your Bible out? Look on them scriptures, Nisha. It's there somewhere. Somebody sh shout it out. Oh, I hadn't got there yet. Verse 2. Give me 5 and 2. She's already got it. By whom also we have access. I'm sorry, I didn't look up. By faith into this grace wherein we stand. Now I'm standing in this place of experimentation. And I'm experimenting. And now I rejoice in a new expectation of seeing God's glory in my life. Isn't that rich? Why? Because of everything I've experienced. I know him now on a level. I didn't like what I had to go through. I didn't like it, but it built some character in me. Built some character. Now I don't run when trouble comes. Now I don't just throw in the towel when pressure comes. Now I glory in pressure, Paul said. I glory in pressure because it's put me in a position. People who ain't never been through nothing have little character and they're weak. And they run when the bear growls. They'll run. But give me some people with some scars. Come on, Pastor. Don't worry about it. We've seen this bear before. I got a right hook. There is a grace that I have tapped into. That I'm standing here in the midst of my bad report. I'm standing right here in the midst of this, this addiction in my mind. I'm standing right here in a relationship that's gone sour. But now I realize I have access. You know, I wanted to go do a video. But I don't know how to pull all that off. I tried. To, I thought about getting you. Y'all to do it. Of walking up to a grocery store. And standing out here all starved to death and hungry. And in that grocery store is everything I need. But the doors are shut. I can't get in there. But something happens when I, by faith, step towards the door. It just opens up. Are you following me? When I, by faith, quit standing out here saying, there's all my theology. But until you take a step of faith to experiment, you get it? All of a sudden, whoop, and I'm in here. I could have stood right there and starved to death if I'd never experimented and just took a step of faith. One step. One step away from stepping into all the abundance. God. Stand with me. Today may be the first time I've ever done in 
exegetical message. But I thought it was so important for you to, which is nothing but an expository of the scripture. We have just taken time to take one scripture that builds upon another. Thank God you're saved. If you're not saved, you have that opportunity to experience. Experience comes from the word experiment. And an experiment is to discover something you don't know or to prove something that's already a fact. Experiment. You can experiment and experience this great salvation. But for every one of us standing in here, salvation is just the first step out of Egypt. That ain't where God wants you to stay, wandering around in the wilderness of defeat, dry relationships, dry just... He wants you to access this realm of grace and you can stand in that realm and in that place you can expect to see the glory of God. Can I say this without being rude? Some of you have been saved for years but have never even got into the place to see the glory of God because you've never endured. You always cave in. I'm not saying backslid. Cave in in our mind. Cave in. He spoke to me this statement that kind of kicked this message off that I thought was weird. There is a grace that will make you stand that can only be accessed by taking a stand. Does that make sense now? That's where this sermon came from. There's a grace to be accessed that will enable you to stand that can only be accessed by you taking a stand. You ain't got to throw that fit. You ain't got to act like that. You ain't got to let that depression overtake you. Well, it just come. Stand! Because now that you've stood, you're standing in the position to have an experience. You, uh, Taylor said she experimented in a sense and stepped into an arena she did not know she had a strength for. And what happened? There was a grace that strengthened you. I couldn't picture Taylor. And when she said went back home, she didn't mean back home home. She meant to a tent, right? Slept in tents. How'd you bang? I can't picture her like she's so. What's the word? Petite. She's so fragile. I thought. To ride five hours on the back of a motorcycle through that, not have a place. To, are y'all following me? There's a grace you don't even know is available to you until you access it. That's why I always say, be careful who you get marriage counseling from. Because they don't have the grace you have. And they'll tell you to bail out when grace is saying, no, come on in here. And I'm going to give you the strength to stand in the middle of this. Not whimpering and whining, but rejoicing. Rejoicing in the expectation of seeing the Lord. God, I can't quit. I want, to tell, I want to say this. Some of you are standing this close to the door of your grocery store. You're standing this close, wondering why am I starving to death? But if you'll just take that step of faith and access this grace, you're going to see the glory of God. And my last scripture, Nisha, I think Romans 5 and 5, which is the scripture we've been teaching on. I'm not used to exegetical preaching. Here it is. This is what we started with three weeks ago. And hope 
maketh not ashamed. This kind of hope will never disappoint you. If you'll take your stand and you'll endure and don't cave in, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, if you'll just endure, I promise you, this expectation will not disappoint you. You'll not be ashamed. You're going to see the glory of God. And let me just say this. The glory of God might not be changing the situation. The glory of God manifest in your life might be changing you. Be careful how you decide what's the glory. It might change you. It might change you, Job. And God might use you to receive a glory that asks me to give up everything. But in my enduring, he gave me a double portion back of everything that I was willing to give up. My God, my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, right now, right now, your altar calls right now, right now, right now, right now. What experiences do you have? How many times did you pass up an experience because you didn't stand? How many has been fighting the same battle year after year after year because you wouldn't stand? Endurance. Tribulation produces endurance. And in the endurance, you're going to experience the glory. It's time to take your stand. And God is trying to give you a testimony that's going to build another testimony and another testimony. And you're going to stand one day. Was say, trouble's going to come and you're going to be standing there in such expectation because of every testimony you have in the past. You know what Hebrews chapter number 11 is? It's a whole group of people sharing their experiences with us. They ain't sharing theology. They're sharing experiences. One of Paul's favorite messages was not theology. And he was the theologian of theologian. It was, oh, King Agrippa, let me give you my experience. Let me tell you, I was a church hater. I killed them. But, but, but the experience so changed me. It so changed me. Now I'm changing people all over. We got too much theology, and right now we're on doctrine, thank God. But let me rephrase that. We don't have too much. Let me phrase it like this. We got too much doctrine without experience. But when they balance out, people will be drawn to it. There's some people in this building right now. I know it's been a long service. There's some people in this building right now who needs to come up here as a, as a, uh, a testament against the devil. And as uh, Josh started this service this morning, knowing we need each other, amen, that you're in a position that you need to take a stand. You need to take a stand. You, you haven't got to the experience yet because you never took a stand. And, 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 and you're fighting the same battle, the same mindset, the same lie of the enemy, the same whatever. Amen. If that's you, these altars is open to you. And by your stepping out, it's not for me to pray for you. It's stepping out saying, today I'm going to mix some experiments with my theology. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to mix experiment. I'm going to start experimenting on what I know. My God, you're stepping out. You're stepping out right now is your testament to God. I know what's right. Now I'm going to start doing 
what's right. Stepping out in faith, falling in a grace, oh, I trust you, Lord, oh, I trust you, Lord. Stepping out in faith, falling in a grace, oh, I trust you, Lord, oh, I trust you, Lord. Stepping out in faith. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.